Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, great to have you with us on the 17th of December. I'm Nadine Blaney. This is the COB podcast. It's great to have you with us. Uh, that includes Scotty. David Scott's here with me. Scotty, a Thursday. We are nearing the end of a week, and it's been a positive day out there. I mean, extremely positive. Uh, unexpectedly positive. Uh, but uh, no, we'll take the wins. Uh, so uh, we'll see what tomorrow will bring. Yeah, if I look across the banking space, yes, some names underperformed the broader market, but overall, pretty positive. Macquarie, I'd say, is a standout up close to 2%. CSL flatlining it toward the close. We've got the Aussie dollar lifting in the wake of that jobs report, but regardless, pretty strong through the overnight period. 75.80 remains a key resistant level. Um, We've got all the big miners coming to the party. Fortescue up by 2% with iron ore reclaiming. Did you say 75.80? What did I say? Did you say seventy five eighty? Because I think it's already gone through that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's uh, it, the US dollar. Uh, we're recording not just after close here, but the US dollar is getting slammed. Hang it's, on. Uh, it's uh, I was looking like I was about people I bust through seventy six when I walked in the room. Seventy five nine three. Ooh, Ooh, there we go. Scotty. So it's broken that that resistance level that you put it out. So yeah, almost and upwards. Oh my gosh, yeah. Obviously, going off some old notes there. Um, because yeah, that was a bumper. Jobs. I know it's a lot about the US dollar. Don't mm. get me wrong. I get it. Um, but let's just go there. Let's go to the jobs report. Let's go there. Let's go there. The precip- participation rate looking really good coming out of a pandemic. Yeah, participation rate doing an Aussie dollar. It's uh, <laughs> mooning. Uh, yeah, so uh, back to the uh, the record levels we saw prior to the pandemic, which is absolutely remarkable. And so the unemployment rate going down despite that lift in participation, and that too is incredible. The addition of, of full-time jobs was better than anyone really had predicted. Yeah, 90,000 uh, no jobs created during the month, of which uh, over 80,000 of those were full-time. The vast majority came out of uh, Victoria, which is not surprising. We saw the lockdown uh, no, removed in, uh, in Melbourne, uh, obviously. You know, before the uh, the survey was conducted, so it would have seen a bit of a uh, no snap back there when it came to hiring. But really positive signs there. Yes, there's still a bit of a uh, no labour market slack when it comes to those uh, youth uh, no unemployment, uh, which is an area that we need to go and address as a society. Uh, we need to go and make sure that uh, there's enough uh, no jobs being created to go and get those uh, young people into work. Yeah, because uh, that can be a very long legacy from a recession. It's one of the things I've been on my top of my list, and I wrote about it months and months and months mm-hmm. ago. Is that we need to ensure that we We've got a really strong economy that's growing at a very fast clip and adding jobs because each year you've got a whole bunch of people who are coming in and uh, by and large, it's a larger cohort than uh, who are retiring. And we've got to have the ability to go and have those jobs for people to go into. Uh, so that is an area that we need to focus on. But don't uh, don't let that dissuade from uh, from the actual the broader story, which is that we are coming back out of this uh, pandemic period uh, far stronger than what I think anyone yeah. thought. I don't know if you can really call it a v-shape because there's a lot of the narrative yet to be written however a snapback i think is fair now and and you know this was the big question when we entered into this you know early days when we were on air together david that was the question 
uh, you know, will this, I just called you David, I know. You're in trouble. <laughs> I got a little smile on your face. Um, that was the big question, you know, there was, uh, is this going to be a V-shaped recovery? Will we come back from this? And uh, again, I think that the amount of stimulus that's been thrown at this from both fiscal and monetary policy, you know, it's built that bridge. Now, speaking of fiscal policy, we had the MAIFO released today. Any really strong narratives that investors in particular need to be aware of. Yes, it's important. It's a budget update. Yes, the fiscal position is better than we had been expected. But but if I'm an investor, how do I how do I read this, make sense of it, and, and use it to help form my thesis? The government needs to continue to apply fiscal stimulus. Okay. Period. There's things are looking good and we're on a good trajectory, but we have a lot of way to go. We're not back to what we were pre-pandemic size in terms of the economy, and we've still got the handover from the public sector to the private sector to go and really take a foot, and that is not guaranteed at this point. It's likely, but uh, the government needs to do more work. We need to talk more to the private sector. I mean, we do every day. We speak with CEOs every day, BAPCOR CEO, ProMedica CEO, and that's probably one of the questions that we could start putting to CEOs and uh, also Business groups, the BCA, is a case of when is the private sector really going to take the baton? Um, and not just from the government. They need to work in tandem, hand in hand with the government to help bring this economy out of pandemic. But not only that, I think, in my opinion, it's to innovate. It's to make the economy better, more productive, and more innovative than it was even going in. And that's where I worry that we could re- waste this crisis. We're wasting this crisis. Don't get me wrong. Oh, look, look, look what the government has done. Uh, it has gone straight back to the, you know, the sacred cow, which is housing, you no know, home builder, all that kind of stuff. I understand that, you know, it's the third biggest employer in the country. But if you keep rescuing things every time that you know, something happens, you just make it, you know, it's, it's bigger than mm-hmm. when the next crisis comes around. Now, we need to have a more diversified economy. So I think we have wasted an opportunity here because we're already back on that tangent where we're going to try and juice property prices to go and induce us to go and spend more money. So, from my perspective, you know, unless something you know, dramatic happens from the, uh, from the government, we've already wasted it. Okay, well, there's a lot of consternation as well in the newsroom today about this, um, I'm going to put it in quotations, air quotes, picture me doing that, um, outbreak in Sydney. I don't think it's good news that we have community transmission and that as, as of now, as of recording this podcast, we don't know where um, you know, the cases have come from or how they've been transmitted. I don't think that's good. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of people in this newsroom today that are worried now that we're going to have state premiers closing borders on this information. Mm-hmm. You know, not that it's going to get worse, but that this is going to be enough to close state borders. That's a bit concerning. It is. No, we've got a staff member who's flying back to WA. We've got to know staff members who uh, want to go back home to, uh, to Queensland. I want to go to Adelaide. I um, want family to come from WA. Yeah. You know, and, it goes uh, both ways. And this is, this is the thing. So, uh, no, I can see that I uh, know why the, the narrative is there. And I certainly know why one premier in particular is always out there and doing his utmost to go and uh, make sure that he's uh, no, telling people that he can close the border at any point in time. But it is really not helpful whatsoever. And my big fear right now is just before Christmas, we've got a mobile testing site in the northern beaches. We know how virile this virus is. We're going to get more cases and it's going to give the, uh, the catalyst to go and shut the borders. I honestly hope it doesn't happen. But uh, no, this is, the, uh, this is the, the world that we live in at the moment. Uh, I'm going to take the other side of the fence too. Mm. I think this could also be a wake-up call to a lot of people who are getting very lax in Sydney. And I'll just say Sydney because that's where I've been. I've not left Sydney for God how many months. But people are getting very lax about COVID. And I think rightfully so. We don't have to be paranoid. But, you know, it 
it's probably still a good idea to be wearing your mask on the bus in public transport. It, I love it. I love it. The city's coming to life. I was out last night. Lots mm-hmm. of people around before dinner. Went to, you know, events. Still had to sit. There's no drinking in canapes while walking around. Yep. Um, you know, so behavior has changed. Still have to sign in. But, uh, you know, we also perhaps maybe need a little bit of a wake-up call. That this thing's still out there. It's going to be out there for a very long time. We are not going to eradicate this virus altogether. Of course not. It's, uh, look, it's not a it's not an easy one to go and discuss. But I can say I can assure you, having uh, had the opportunity to go travel to some places outside of Sydney over the past couple of months or so, uh, it's not just a Sydney phenomenon. People want to go out and be uh, be surrounded by other people and uh, and go back to normality. That's a, that's a given. But uh, yeah, this is. This is a bit concerning. Stop dropping in that you've got to travel and I've got to go nowhere. <laughs> well, it's been flying I'm back and forth. Yeah. I think we're getting heavy. I think we're getting heavy. All right, let's get back to the markets. Coden uh, was uh, one of the best performers today. So just yesterday, upgrading its profit guidance. Market obviously still giving it a bit of love today, up by close to 10%. Um, we still had the buy now, pay later space going very strong today. I mean, Afterpay is one of, uh, I think it's in the top 10 today, 120.32, up by a further 5%. The Infotech space overall doing really well, up around three, best performing sector. I encourage anyone who's got access to charting software, go and put the uh, US dollar index and then overlay uh, and then invert the scale and then overlay the uh, information technology uh, no sector here on the ASX. And the correlation is uncannily strong. So that's... So if I'm your average investor, what do I take away from that, Scotty? That it's all becoming all one trade. And you need to be very careful because it's all premised on the US dollar weakening. And if the US dollar was to suddenly strengthen at some point... What would uh, cause it to strengthen? uh, Some kind of a policy change uh, or maybe a Biden blue wave or something on those lines or maybe from one of the other major central banks, uh, something that would go and happen or a risk event, uh, a risk aversion to go and pick up. Uh, because at this point in time, if uh, it's looking like it's all premised on a weaker US dollar, and if the US dollar all of a sudden will snap back, and it can do that, and it does it, it's done it countless times before, look out because there's a lot of people who are stretched. Just look at Bitcoin today. Bitcoin is the prime example of that US dollar story. Okay, so there's a few interviews about Bitcoin up on our website and our app if you'd like to take. Uh, listen, um, I was on companies, I was on equities, BAPCOR is another one of those companies that had a good day today. It upgraded the market, um, you know, updated the market, I should say. Things looking pretty good, lots of stimulus payments going about and cost control at the company by default of this COVID pandemic. Shares up by close to 3%. We spoke with the CEO, Daryl Abotomy. He's very generous with his time and with us here at Ausbiz. So uh, enjoyed that conversation. BAP is the ticker code and you can access that interview via the show notes. And I should mention, BAPCOR is the stock of the day. So Andrew Page, Pagey, as we've decided to call him lately, is hosting in place of Kashi. And uh, BAPCOR is the stock of the day. Let's take a listen to what Carl Capulinga from Think Markets and Nathan Somasandram from Deep Data Analytics had to say about BAP. We like it. It's a stock we've had as a buy for a considerable period of time. It's done pretty well. It- it was uh, one of those plays, sort of those uh, recovery plays that we picked. And it was, a, you know, it's a very broad theme. And it's funny how it has come to play out of, you know, less spending on, um, on holidays, etc. Uh, people wanting to travel more by car than public transport. And you have these ideas as an analyst. And it's funny how it's playing out and it kind of continues to do so. Now we're getting uh, monthly updates. So we've had the October update. That was a 27% increase in revenue. The November update is uh, 26% and they're expecting, uh, you know, to average... 25% for the rest of the half. As long as they continue to execute, I think there's some good value there. It's in the right spot. 
Um, I actually thought, you know, given the car sales data that was playing in through the uh, through the pandemic, it would have been struggling. But God forbid, everyone hated public transport. I don't want to catch COVID, so everyone yeah. avoided it like a plague, literally. Um, so in that context, the used car sales have had a dramatic bounce back globally. Yeah. It's been one of the thematics that everyone thought was going to play out one way, it played out completely the opposite for a different reason. So it's done well, and everything that's connected to cars, so, you know, any car-related service providers, all done well. Babco yeah. is a very good business model, always has been. And so the, when your thematic works, you're doing well. I think people are a bit skeptical on how far this cycle of recovery will play out. Look, I think it's a good business. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, if you're there, I'll be holding on. And that was Nathan Samasundram from Deep Data Analytics. That one's not, I don't think it's going in the portfolio. Pagey, Koshy, Scuddy. We can't call you Blaney. Like, gonna, oh, I don't know. I don't know. So we're going to find out something with a Y in the end. We'll, we'll figure out what yeah, it is. Yeah, let's not yeah, hold that thought. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, looking, uh, Michael Janicki, we spoke with him earlier today, PM at Credit Suisse. In fact, he's head of Australian equities. And uh, again, I would like to direct our listeners to listen to that interview via the show notes. So you asked him whether he was growing warmer, more fond, looking at the energy sector more fondly. I don't know. Sometimes you've got a good turn of phrase. Often you have a good turn of phrase, Scotty. But you asked him about the energy space. And how he's feeling toward it right now. Sometimes it's rare as hen's teeth, particularly <laughs> towards the end of the day, but uh, I'm doing my best. Uh, I did ask him, but uh, I'm not going to tell you what he said. Um, go and uh, click on the other uh, show and you'll yeah, find yeah. out. You don't want to hear us say it. You want to hear him say it after all, right? Um, listen, there's lots of great content on the website and the app for you tomorrow. Um, look, tonight we've got the jobless claims coming through in the U.S. No doubt that will get a bit of a chat. Uh, housing starts as well. Uh, we had the NAHB Housing Market Index easing in the U.S. overnight. Generally speaking, the economic data there has been relatively positive, but there are signs of weaknesses coming through. And you've got to think, Scotty, with the COVID case count still where it is, even though the president-elect Joe Biden is going to get vaccinated uh, just to prove its uh, efficacy and safety, uh, you know, really publicly. But, um, you know, lockdowns are still a very big concern for Q4 and for Q1 in twenty one. In particular. 80% of the US economy is consumption. So if you go and weaken that, you're going to weaken the entire yeah, economy. Yeah, retail sales were down. So. Um, tomorrow, a great day. A great day. Not only is it the Ausbiz Christmas party. You're Ooh. not all invited. <laughs> this is a closed Secret shop. location. You know, no last call. We're taking the drinks off screen tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. But also really looking forward to a lot of our guests joining us throughout the day. We'll be chatting Bitcoin because it's topical with Julian Emmanuel who is a strategist at BTIG. Bob Acciano, looking forward to that. Path Trading Partners, live from Chicago, taking us through all the overnight moves. And uh, it continues. It came up today in conversation. Ingenia Communities will be speaking with the CEO at 11. Yeah, I want to uh, line that one up because I think it's a really interesting space. It has a lot of different divisions, but uh, one of them, of course, it announced uh, news over the week, uh, some acquisitions of uh, tourist sites. Mm -hmm. And uh, given what's going on in the, uh, the country, it would be very good to go and get the views, particularly not only what's going on, the positivity we're seeing, but also border shutterings and the like and what potentially impact that could go and have. Yeah, really good. Okay, looking forward to that one. Um, and then at 3.20, we speak with Gary Sakas. He is a CEO and founder at Playside Studios. Its share price doubling on the ASX. We'll find out why. So that's all to come tomorrow. We do hope you 
take a moment to listen to some of the interviews that we've done today. Good ideas in there, good investment ideas. Um, you know, one of the interviews that's available via the show notes is with Zach Riaz. He is an investment manager at Banyan Tree Investment Group. So he tells us about how he's looking at 2021 strategically. Lots of good stuff on there. In the meantime, though, Scotty, I've got a spot of Christmas shopping to do that I am going to get done tonight. Go and uh, have a chat to Santa. Put in the orders. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, I'm sure, good. I'm sure your kids know. I'm sure they're, sort of they're, they're, they've been no, they've been good this year. So they're on the, the nice list. So I'm, I'm sure that Santa will be very, very uh, no kind to them. All right, um, Scotty. Look, fun times today. We'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good. See you then. <laughs>